0: Welcome to Marvelous Disney, the podcast that discusses the most recent doings at one of the more dynamic divisions of the Walt Disney Company, which is, of course, Marvel Entertainment. This is entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co host, the amazing Aaron Adams, and I are recording this week's show on Wednesday, January 4th, 2022. Um, so, how was your new year, Aaron? Uh, A
1: huge amount of gunfire, and I know if war breaks out, exactly which neighbors I'm going to for protection, because they have large caliber ammo.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we were hoping that fireworks were going off at midnight, and then we went outside and saw expended ammo cartridges laying all throughout the complex. So we're like, oh, well, this is a well-armed neighborhood.
0: Wow. Okay. I mean, I...
1: And I and I kid you not, my neighbor has actual bullet holes in both his windshield and his vehicle. And that was not from the celebrations. That's just the kind of, uh, you know, neighborhood we're in.
0: Holy cow. I, I will say yeah, this buddy. much. You know, and Nate and I were out New Year's Eve and, uh, you know, as we were driving home... Somebody set off a firework I, that I. The two of us just sort of reacted because we were driving to the woods, and suddenly this firework goes off. That it felt like it was so close to the car, and that it was a mo- a mortar shell. So it was like, and it right. was just this one firework. Like <laughs> happy two thousand twenty three. Welcome to World War Three. Well, speaking of of scary New Year's, face it, 2023 got off to to a scary start for MCU fans. Uh, Did you hear the news about Jeremy Renner?
1: Nope. What's Jeremy up to right now?
0: Oh, dear. Uh, Well, Jeremy was injured at his home in Tahoe on Sunday. Uh, They had very heavy snow up there on Sunday. uh, And Jeremy decided to uh, clear the snow out of his driveway using a snowcat, which is a 14,000 pound professional piece of snow removal equipment. Uh, He stepped out of this this heavy duty piece of snow removal equipment to chat with his nephew. Evidently, they were clearing snow uh, off of the, the kid's car so he could then leave a family celebration. And at this point, the snow cap began to roll, and Jeremy was trying to climb back up into the cab to get in the driver's seat when he was crushed. And oh, oh. what has been reported. Uh, Is the right side of Renner's chest collapsed and his upper torso was crushed and he was airlifted from the scene and has since had at least two surgeries. Now, mind you, he's since posted photos from his hospital bed that sort of show him from the chest up. And he was expressing all, you know, thanks for all of the kind words from both fans as well as his co-workers on the MCU films. But it's going to be a long road to recovery. It sounds like these are really, really severe injuries. So,
1: I mean, the fact that he's posting on social media should hopefully hint that a recovery is expected.
0: Yes. That, that, uh, that's, I don't
1: want him posting an Instagram selfie while he's actually in the process of expiring. That's, yeah.
0: Yeah, not not good. So I, anyway, okay. we, we wish Jeremy and the rest of the your family the... The best, and we'll hold them in our thoughts and prayers, but that a great way to start the year. There's lots more news, folks. And as always, the news portion of today's episode of Marvelous Disney is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay, moving on now to the news that's bubbled up since we last recorded. Uh, We were previously talking about Deadpool 3, and uh, Sean has confirmed that production of this MCU film will begin in May of this year, May 2023. And we've talked previously about how Hugh Jackman has been uh, getting ready to put his claws back on. Hugh Jackman evidently over the last day or so revealed that the, the the title of this film might be Wolverine and Deadpool that uh, rather than uh, mm. Deadpool 3 Also, to be honest, Jackman got asked about whether or not this X-Men character would be turning up in other MCU projects, and Hugh kind of, it's like, Jim Muir, kind of just like, look, I'm just taking this one movie at a time. So potentially, a welcome back to Logan, and just over the last day or so, uh, we've had Dave Batista saying goodbye to Drax. Did you see this thing that bubbled up on uh, instagram uh with a, the hashtag goodbye drax uh not as of yet
1: but I, I know he's been ready to uh step out of the drax makeup mm-hmm. and move on to other things so what's his goodbye say
0: well I, it's interesting you bring that up because he does address this in this post he says I'm so grateful for Drax. I love him, but there's a relief that it's over. It wasn't all pleasant. It was hard playing that role. And as you just mentioned, Aaron, the the makeup process was beating me down. And I just don't know if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a silly performance and I want to do more dramatic stuff. So wasn't there early on supposedly rumors about what was driving the plot of this was that Drax had found out that his daughter was still alive, wasn't? Wasn't that one of the story threads supposedly for this thing? Or
1: it could be. I know that we were going to have you know more focus on Rocket, mm-hmm. and to, I wouldn't be surprised to also you know for this is our last hurrah, mm-hmm. uh, might as well have some sort of conclusion for Drax's story as well. So that makes sense. No,
0: no that, that's true. But but anyway, Guardians Volume Three will be released to theaters on May fifth again, two thousand twenty-three. But before that, of course, we get Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, which is supposed to arrive in theaters on February 17th. But if you, you can't wait to see what that looks like, this coming Monday, January 9th, during the National College Football Championship game, which will be broadcast on ESPN, there's going to be a new exclusive look trailer. So that's still, what, five weeks out from when the film shows up in theaters, but... Jane will be going to be intrigued to to see what other story elements or that sort of thing we we get out of this next trailer. Aaron, on our last show, we were talking about uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and when we expected that to show up on Disney+. And we finally do have an official date, which is Wednesday, February 1st. Not entirely a surprise that this is Black History Month, but to explain here, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, when that jumped from uh, its theatrical release in February of last year to, to Disney+, Plus, it did so in just 47 days. Uh, on the other hand, Thor and Love and Thunder, which again was released to theaters in July of last year, that took 62 days. So, what's kind of intriguing about uh, Wakanda Forever is 82 days before it showed up on the subscription streaming service. So, there's a lot of folks who are are kind of intrigued that it took that long. Again, assuming largely that you know once Avatar: The Way of Water showed up in theaters, that, that you know effectively the box office dried up for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. But yeah, they seem to want to give it some more time in theaters. So here we are with our February 1st debut in Disney+. Plus. Let's see. Oh, well, as long as we're talking about films that are being released theatrically this coming year, of course, we have The Marvels, uh, which is arriving at theaters on July 28th. And some additional news broke about this Nia DaCosta film in regard to who's helping to work on the script. And are, are you familiar with the name Zeb Wells? No. Okay. Is that a, a writer, artist? Uh, he, he's a, a writer. He's actually written a number of titles for Marvel Comics, like Heroes to the Hire, Avengers, and uh, several Spider-Man titles. But what's more interesting is that Zeb is an Emmy and Annie Award winning writer, for Robot Chicken, the stop-motion show oh, okay. on Adult Swim. And in fact, his big credit over there is he was one of the main writers on the Robot Chicken Star Wars Episode Two, which is a lot of fun. So given that Zeb is on board with the Marvels, we can anticipate this is going to be one of the funnier installments in the MCU. Now, I don't know if we can say the same thing about Agatha Coven of Chaos, that, by the way, is still on track for. Uh, we mentioned in the last show that it looks like it's it slid out of the fall of 2023 into a a late 2023, early 2024 uh, slot on Disney Plus. But they continue to add to the cast of this. We had Broadway legend Patti Lupone has come on the project in, in a yet to be revealed role. Aubrey Plaza has come on board, Covenant Chaos, and what's kind of interesting is she's supposedly been cast as Morgan LeFay. But the other one, frankly, that makes me happy is Deborah Jo Rupp, who was in the the earliest episode of WandaVision. She played Mrs. Hart, the boss's wife who came to dinner. She's evidently back on board with, uh, with this spinoff of... of WandaVision, uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and what makes me happy is this is happening in the same, basically same window as uh, her return in that 80s show sequel, the the 90s show that debuts on Netflix uh, later this month, January 19th, but I'm very much looking forward to her being back before the camera. And if we're talking about things that are showing up in uh, 2023, it's it's worth mentioning that season two of Loki uh, looks to be bowing in the spring of this year. And Disney is already getting sort of setting the table, so to speak. Late December, they released a brand new Loki pin that basically showed the Loki family. Well, who's more? How many more Lokis do we have? Who's in the, in the family? Well, we have our alligator Loki. We have our classic Loki. We have
1: uh, oh, so from season one, the highlights from that. There we go. There we go. Okay. So the,
0: again, the, the, with the idea of here, here's your baseline, folks. These are the Lokis we. Kn- <laughs> These are the Lokies we know from season one, and get ready for season two. Okay. So that might be worth trying to chase down the next time you're at Walt Disney World. And when we get back from this break, I'm going to tell you about a book I I really highly recommend, uh, especially if you're Spider-Man fan. Every so often, what I dislike about this job is that because we're gathering all the info about what's going on with upcoming projects or that sort of thing, you you learn something that maybe you didn't want to learn. And in this case, there's a piece of art that just debuted today that Sony Pictures Animation put out there for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Well, what it basically shows is Miles introducing Gwen to his parents,
1: that's not a big spoiler, I don't think.
0: Yeah, But it's just sort of like, I still want to go into this reasonably unspoiled. And that's going to be tough to do, given that this film, you know, June 2nd, we are still five months out. And mm-hmm. Lord knows, between now and then, there's going to be lots and lots of trailers and lots of lots of first looks. That said, though, what's kind of interesting is that some info has leaked about the initial idea for doing a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the the 2019 film. And and at that point, uh, there was only going to be one sequel rather than the two we're getting now. And Ari Santos was talking about how early on they wanted to do this really big endgame-esque conclusion. So... Supposedly involving all of the Spider-Men coming together to do battle with the big bad. I can't help but think that maybe that's still on the table for Beyond the Spider-Verse, which, again, doesn't come out till March of 2024.
1: I have a feeling that, like, almost every movie franchise has looked at, like, something like Endgame and go, we want to do that. We want to bring... All of them. What if Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, we had the Indiana Jones from the d- many different eras, and we D.H. Harrison vord to Raiders of the Lost Ark days, and we have five Indiana Jones come together to save the day, and the Dial is, you know, five Indies standing in a circle pointing at each other doing the Spider-Man meme.
0: But, you know, it's so interesting you bring that up, because the other night I was just in a mood just to be entertained. And every so often, I will actually queue up Endgame and go to the moment in that movie where the battle begins with Thanos. And it's just duplicating the battle in Endgame is damn near impossible because there's so much in that that last 20 or 30 minutes of that movie which you have to have seen like 10 or 15 films to get everything that's going on, I mean, uh, just that moment, for example, where, where Thanos has gotten a hold of of um, the new axe that Thor has it, it, had crafted, mm-hmm. Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, yep. and he's you know he's bearing down on Thor's chest, and you know they do the cutaway. To you, you you see, you know, Thor's hammer rising up off the ground and then suddenly it's smashing into Thanos. And then you see it fly back and, and it lands in, in Steve Roger's hands. And what's wonderful is the moment that follows here, the the big smile on Thor says, I knew it. I knew it. You know, just sort of like you set up that moment in the party in the Stark Tower back in Age of Ultron. That that's five years previous. You know, likewise, the whole moment where you—it looks like the battle is lost. You know, the last man standing is Steve Rogers, and and Thanos is—you know—just brought in all of his troops, and uh, I'm going to just enjoy destroying your miserable little planet. And then the whole on your left, the Sam Wilson—you know—making his return to the story, and that only pays off if you've seen a—you know—Winter Soldier. And, and I, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make here is that when people talk about, I want to do an end game like end, it's like you have to earn that. You have to lay the track for, you know, years ahead of time. And and even then, you know, we've told the story here on this show about how even the filmmakers, as they were editing that together and were struggling to find that last satisfying beat for that battle. And it was, wasn't it the editor who came up with the response to Thanos? I am inevitable. And
1: and then the the uh, Russo brothers had to call Tony back from his Honolulu vacation or whatever <laughs> yeah. and be like, actually we, we do have the right line now. And he's like, oh, only 10
0: tries later. Great. Yeah, but, but, but again, I mean, how, i, I how do you do that? How, how do you, I mean, I get, why you'd want to do that? Because again, there's that, that amazing recording of you know the somebody shooting it from the audience and the sound that the, the audience makes on opening night when all of this stuff hits the way it does. That's just tough to do. And oh, speaking of things that are tough to do, just recently, uh, Slash Films Kevin Evangelista uh, shared on social media two images from James Cameron's attempt to make a Spider-Man back in uh, the 1990s. You you can find these images, by the way, folks, uh, in Cameron's book, Tech Noir, The Art of James Cameron, but this is a concept painting where back when Cameron was trying to sell canon films on the idea of, this is what I want to do with a Spider-Man movie. And he had actually, at this point, convinced Canon Films to pony up $5 million for the movie rights to Spider-Man. And it was, you know, but at the same time, it's like, well, how the hell are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? And I, I bring up that story because over the holidays, what I did for entertainment, there's this wonderful new book called With Great Power. How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood During the Golden Age of Comic Book Blockbusters. This is from a book. It's written by Sean O'Connell. He's the managing editor over at Cineblend. And it's this flat-out wonderful history of Spider-Man at the movies. And I just want to share a a couple of things from this. And Cameron requests uh, that Carol Co. purchased the the Spider-Man film rights in 1990. And that cost the studio uh, $5 million. Now, mind you, it was a solid investment for Cameron's loyalty, and it immediately began paying dividends because the very next film that Cameron makes, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, is released in 1991. It then goes on to be the highest-grossing film ever, as well as the most successful film ever produced by Carol Coe. So it's like, okay, we'll spend $5 million to make James happy, but he, in turn, will turn around and and deliver us you know, this Terminator sequel. But it then goes on to talk about who he wanted to, to, to cast as, as Spidey. And and if, have you heard about this, Aaron? Oh, Leo, young Leo DiCaprio. There we go. There we go.
1: There was also back at that time the an idea of a clear red plastic Spider-Man helmet. So that way you could see the face of the uh, actor that they were paying for. Oh. And uh, thank God that idea never panned out oh. any further than it did.
0: What's interesting about this piece of concept paint from Tech Noir, The Art of James Cameron, it's two images of, of basically the same idea. It's Spider-Man climbing up the side of a glass skyscraper, but the only thing you can basically see in the t- the two images that stand out are the white eyes of Spider-Man's mask. But at the same time, Cameron's sort of playing with the idea of the look of, you know, what that cast, but uh, circling back on DiCaprio as Peter Parker. And he got asked in a uh, 2015 interview how close he came to playing the role. And he, he flattered out admitted, well, not very close, but there was a screenplay. And I know that James was, was semi-serious about making it at one point, but I don't remember any further talks about it. We had a couple of chats and I, I think there was a screenplay that I read, but I don't remember. This was 20 years ago. But that's the other thing about With Great Power. It just, it gets into the full history of uh, Spider-Man at the movies. And with the the first theatrical release actually being a Japanese film, where, you know, Spider-Man is a a motocross star. But there's so many stories in this, That I had never heard before, Aaron. I mean, one of the ones, for example, talks about how Sony at one point was given the opportunity to buy the entire Marvel catalog, to literally have the rights to make movies based on every single Marvel star, you know, character for just $25 million. But here's the thing. Executives in charge of the studio at that time, it's like, ah, who'd want to see movies based on those characters? So it's like, no, 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 no. We'll agree to pay $10 million for Spidey, but that's it. On the other hand, if we jump ahead to when they do the most recent reboot of the character, uh, starting with Spider-Man Homecoming, There's this great story about how the production team actually told Tom Holland, okay, you're going to go home and watch the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies and study the way they move. And it's like, okay, why am I doing that? Well, your Spider-Man is so young you can't be that polished. So anything you see them do, the strong pose of that, something you cannot do. This is a young Spider-Man. He's still new at his job. So any of the signature moves are off the table. So you need to, to know what you can't do. This is also also why why they made the choices that they did with uh, particularly Homecoming and Far From Home. In Homecoming, they deliberately put Peter Parker in the suburbs because you know I mean it's one thing All right, we've all seen Peter Parker in the city we've all seen him swinging you know through the the concrete canyons of Manhattan but the notion of what would a Spider-Man do out of his element uh, out in the suburbs or or for that matter if you put him in a town like Washington D.C. where it's like the, the one tall building is the Washington Monument what do you do? At the same time with Far From Home again sort of pushing the ball even further down the field. You know, it's like, let's, let's put Peter Parker in Europe, in places like Venice, where, you know, great expanses of water and buildings are far apart. So it's like, what's Peter Parker going to do in a situation like this? So it's all of the skills that he would have acquired and was still building on, uh, with the lessons he'd learned in Queens, just wouldn't apply. And by the way, we were just talking about, say, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and there's a great story in With Great Power uh, about the sequel to that film, uh, Civil War, and how Ike Perlmutter, the head uh, of Marvel, was just not happy with what he was being asked to pay Robert Downey Jr. at, at this point. And so the, the whole notion was, well, can you make that movie without Iron Man? <laughs> and it's like, and think of the poor Russo brothers, who you know, sort of staring down the barrel of that, you you want us to make civil war, which is you know about this confrontation between Captain America and and and, and Iron Man, and you want us to take Iron Man out of the movie. It's like uh, so while we're talking about Robert Downey Jr., uh, interesting rumor just broke in in the past week or so that evidently uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in fact going to be uh, returning uh, to the role uh, of Iron Man in Avengers Secret War. And in fact, supposedly when he comes back, Robert may also be filming a cameo that gets dropped into Armor Wars. So, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But speaking of uh, keeping an eye out, folks, seriously, if you're looking for a a great read that will give you lots of insights into the MCU, I cannot strongly enough recommend, with great power, How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood During the Golden Age of Comic Book Blockbusters by Sean O'Connell. Again, that's from Applause Books, and it's been out on store shelves since November 1st of last year. I guess that's going to do it for this week's show. Aaron, can you tell the nice folks where they can find you on social media? Uh,
1: yes, quite simply head on over to the Twitters and then type in the magic letters A-Z-A-P-R-O-D, A-Z-A-P-R-O-D if you'd be so kind.
0: Also, uh, we should probably talk about your, your your brand new project, 32nd Street. That's officially underway at this point, right?
1: Matter of fact, a few hours from right now, the launch begins of 32nd Street. Uh, My friend Ron uh, has a a degree in uh, psychology and he's been working many years in the field of cancer research. And uh, I have been working many years in uh, advertising and manipulating people with words to do things, buy things that they don't need with money they don't have. So uh, Ron and I have teamed up to kind of talk about the psychology behind advertising some of the tricky things we do. Uh, One of my favorite episodes so far is why Justin Timberlake wants you to eat a cheeseburger. Does it sound weird? We'll, We'll find out. Uh, coming up on the 32nd street podcast, check it out at Patreon, if you will.
0: I guess we should talk about this side of the the street as well. Uh, you know, in addition to, to mud, we of course have a a bunch of other podcasts here. We'd love you folks to sample. Uh, we of course have the mothership Disney dish, uh, which I do with Len Testa. Uh, we also have, uh, fine tuning, which I do with Drew Taylor, Mm -hmm. Uh, who has his, uh, also his wonderful Light the Fuse, uh, Mission Impossible podcast. We also have Looking at Lucasfilm, which I will be recording a brand new episode with Ryan Gunn for that later this week. And let's see, uh, we we just talked about Aaron on social media. Well, uh, if you're looking for us on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook at Jim Hill Media News. If you get head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend the show you're listening to now, Marvelous Disney and, and what the hey, you know, drop a review in there also for 32nd Street. Also, if you really, really, really like what you've been listening to here tonight, uh, if you head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be terrific. And I guess for now, that's going to do it. So come back next week and we'll have our brand new show for you. But till then, take care.